It's storytelling time. Open mouth, just ah, ready to just cram that uh, slab of meat right down the throat. Ah, tasty. Lots of people could be Iron Man. Shave your beard a little funny and act like a prick. Two hours and 15 minutes long. James Bond movies are shorter than that. Mouth-breathing idiots are, are, are laughing at this shit. Just hit me in the face with a brick. Because I have a dumb name. Eugene. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that rips every mediocre comedy to shreds while we still make dick and fart jokes. <laughs> I am Eric Marner. I'm Eugene Weaver. <laughs> and oh. how are we doing tonight, sir? Very well. That was that was good and very true. <laughs> it's because the, the the poop, pee, and fart jokes coming from us, they're funny. <laughs> they're they're funny when we say it, but when yes. other people do it, it's stupid and it's, lame. Yeah. It's, eh, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be a, a I don't want to say comedy centric episode, but we're going to be talking about some comedy films. Well, I've got some things for the rabbit trail because uh, some interesting questions were asked. Um, about, um, the Fantasy Movie League, which made me do a little bit of research on Box Office Mojo, which brought me to, oh, that's a good question for the rabbit trail. Yep. We'll see where it goes. But before that, let's dive into the roulette, where we force each other to watch movies in hopes of finding those grenades. Oh, wait, not finding the grenades. Hello. Oh, hold Finding the grenades and finding their grenades stuffing and avoiding, them in their pants and boom! Good, and avoiding those good movies, because we, <laughs> we hate good movies. Let's just watch shit. No. Uh, we're constantly searching for the gems in the rough amongst the grenades, and hopefully we can share that information with you. And uh, hopefully you avoid the grenades or go watch them, or I don't know. Let's see what happened on last week's roulette. It mm-hmm. was listening up against Extraordinary Tales. And I am up first. I'm on the pole position this week. So after all that intro and bumbling nonsense, I guess yeah. I get to jump right into a review. Yeah. Listen, and by the way, I did watch the preview. I watched the trailer for this today. What'd you What'd you think? I think it looks good. I That's one that, depending on your review, it will stay in my queue and I will watch it. The trailer was good and it didn't give too much away to me. Uh, it, the trailer was only like a minute and a half-ish. Yeah. Uh, so. I know. I know that it didn't. I just, I, I wanted you to watch it for a specific reason that was pertinent to my review. Mm. Uh, this movie is from 2014. Three broke but brilliant grad students invent a telepathic device to tap into the human mind, but their newfound power comes with a frightful price. And um, from time to time, we compare a fair amount of movies to Inc., which was a independent film with almost no budget that we both adored and is yep. a... a is nothing but heart. It's a fantastic film. Seek it out. This was not that good, but I'm giving this movie a thumbs up, at least a passing thumbs up. It Mm. had a lot of heart, and there was a lot of passion behind this project, you could tell. Uh, There were a few missteps along the way. Um, And, well, missteps, in my opinion, I, I... this is a situation where you could count what I call a misstep as a total positive. You might love it. You might you might love the things that I, I'm counting as negative. Okay. The reason I wanted you to watch the trailer, did you notice a color palette kind of theme at all? Um, I mean, from the trailer, it looked slickly shot, uh, pretty bright, I think. The, the color I'm, palette I'm talking about is, uh, you remember Traffic, Soderbergh's Traffic? Yeah, I guess the sapia tone. Half of it was sapia and half of it was like blue. Okay. They doubled down on that 
concept and okay. to the point where they had more like four colors and a regular shot. So you had, and they made them all twice as vibrant. So you had your yellow when it's on a certain character, it's yellow. When you had another oh. character, it's blue. Another character, it's green. And then regular, I think. I mean, I, I kind of lost count. And no, no, me, that's cool. That's cool. It is cool, but it was a little overbearing. You know, it, like it worked yeah. in Soderbergh's because it was just two. Mm-hmm. And you were, it made extreme sense because you're in a heat environment and a yep. cold environment um, with like courtroom stuff, whatever. Uh, but here it was more character based and it was okay for a while. I, at first I was like, uh, it's kind of pretentiously annoying. Yeah. But as it went on, I was like, actually, I kind of like it. And then they kind of dropped it and then they were kind of picked it up again and it kind of went back and forth and it was okay. I didn't come out on either end loving or hating the idea, but it, it was okay. You know, that, uh, that aspect of it. You know, I think that not to, not to interrupt your review, but the, that, that is really, I really like that. Like that would make for a great short movie to where like a 10 minute short and focus primarily on maybe several different characters and the different color palettes that each character represents. I, that's, yeah. that's I like that. You said something interesting there, uh, based on the length uh, for a short film. Um, we often say there's a great idea in here for a short film. It was just yep. too long. It was 90 minutes. That's not the case here. This movie should absolutely be 90 minutes. The only problem is that they spent the entire second act screwing around with crap that they absolutely didn't need to, that didn't need to be in there. The first act of this movie and the third, I fully enjoyed, I I totally liked, but they left enough open-ended questions and jumped to some conclusions really fast in the beginning where it's like, you could have spent the entire second act fleshing out this and this and this and this and completely dropped what you spent the second act wasting your time on, which was interpersonal relationships. This guy dealing with his wife who, you know, he spends too much time in the shop and, and she's mad that he's doing that. And it's like, it went nowhere. Like you didn't, it did, it was a distraction to the story. It could have been dealt with in five minutes and moved on because at the end, it's not like we came back around to it at the end. We didn't. Uh, it, uh, it, is that but, like kind of like first time directorish type? Oh boy, I I would be pretty shocked if this was a first time director. This was a good movie. I, like there was there is real talent and play here, and I definitely think you need to keep it in the queue, and okay. I think you need to watch it because I would love to hear your opinion of it. Okay, yeah, I just definitely. feel like they they had ideas that they. I don't want to say that they didn't flesh out. They, cause I got it all, all the way to the end. I got it, but they jumped the character arcs jumped a few steps several times where it's like, okay, him and his buddy, they're getting along. They're doing this thing, the science stuff and, and making, inventing this thing. And then, oh, we get to have a little tiff and then it, it blows up to like, it's like that escalated quick. Like, <laughs> holy shit. You know? Yeah. It feels like we skipped about three steps in there where it's like, if you just depend taking a little more time, it would have made more sense, especially when you had all these sideline arcs that you're screwing around with. Yeah. So overall, I was surprised. I expected to come out of listening um, with a more negative review. I figured it was going to be more pretend. I, like that one where the guys were all in the house uh, doing that science project. Yes. What was that? Where it kind of had a decent idea, but it was uh, it was a four, it should have been a 40 minute film instead yeah. of 90. That wasn't the case here. Yeah, I watched that one too. I remember. That. I'm not sure what the title is on that one anymore. But yeah, that's a great idea, but would have better been suited for a short film or a part of an anthology or something. Yeah, and that, again, this should have been a 90 minute movie. This, yeah, you, this would not have worked as 30 because there's a lot going on here, and it was very interesting. I, I cool. think that you would give it a passing thumbs up as well. Good. Um, Extraordinary tales. 
Okay, Extraordinary Tales uh, is a series of short films all revolving around the, the uh, short stories or poems of Edgar Allan Poe and uh, the animated movie. And all of them are literally like the actual Edgar Allan Poe stories being read by uh, Sir oh. Christopher. Sir, oh, hold on. Yeah. Christopher Lee, Guillermo del Toro, uh, Julian Sands. Uh, I, I loved this movie. Really? Oh, it's, it was so cool. I, huge shit eating grin on my face for all <laughs> 73 minutes of this thing. Uh, oh, Bella Lugosi, I believe. Was it Bella Lugosi does one of the, uh, the stories? Uh, this is genuinely like creepy stuff. Like, the animation is great. Um, oh, this big thumbs up. I can't wait to watch it again. My my biggest complaint about the movie is it's only 73 minutes long. They could have easily had another another Edgar Allan Poe tale in there to make, to flesh it out to 90 minutes because it moved by pretty quick. But, oh, yeah, that was – I mean, especially hearing – like Christopher Lee's was oh, – it was just hearing him and then the story. I'm like, oh, this is – Really, really creepy. And, uh, was it, well, I, I've got it on IMDb here. Uh, uh, Roger Corman is, I wonder if Rod, Roger Corman does, uh, the voice of Prince Prospero. Guillermo del Toro narrates the pit and the pendulum. Uh, Stephen Hughes is the voice of, uh, Poe himself. Christopher Lee, uh, narrates Fall of House of Usher. Bella Lugosi narrates the Telltale Heart, which is, in, that's probably my favorite one because it's a very, very old reading. Like he's been deceased for many, many years. And you can tell like that is an old recording and it makes it all the creepier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julian Sands narrates the facts of the case of M. Valdemar. Every story works. I would listen to Julian Sands, Julian Sands narrate The Price is Right. Yeah. I love that man's voice. Oh, he's got a great voice. But Bella Lugosi, the, the Telltale Heart, the animation, every every single short story here has a different animating style. Uh, and they're all good. Like one of them, um, actually the facts of the case of uh, M. Baltimore, that has a more EC Comics-like Tales from the Crypt comic book style artist mm-hmm. type thing going on. The... Uh, Telltale Heart, which was my favorite, that one there has a very, very stark black and white. I color saw that palette. in the trailer. Yeah, and that to me, that one, that one in the Fall of the House of Usher are the best of the bunch. But they're they're all good. And even Guillermo del Toro, uh, his voice to Pit in the Pendulum is so good. Uh, but I'm like, oh, where's the Black Cat? There's so many other ones that you could have done and added on to this, and it would have made it even better. But yeah, this, uh, four out of five stars for me. I thought it was great. <sighs> That's great. I can't yeah. wait to watch it now as the yeah. animation freak. Oh, yeah, the animation that. is really, really cool. Anna, and that would, okay, there, here's another slight misstep for me is the animation for the actual short stories is so unique and cool. The wraparound story, because there's a wraparound story that mm. is kind of connecting these all. That one felt a little bit too – it was good. Like the story itself, I got it, man. But the animation itself felt a little too low-budget CGI animation versus the other very unique styles that were going on. And some of the stories, it's like uh, that could have almost been wrapped up better, better, better. But that's 
that is the story, and that is what Edgar Allan Poe wrote, and that is what they went on. It's not like we're going to embellish on Edgar Allan Poe's stuff. No, it's it's his writings on screen, and I, I, I I'm going to definitely watch that one again at some point or another. I just wish that there would have been a little bit more to it. It could have definitely been longer. So awesome. But at um, the very least, I'm so curious. I'm so curious what you think of the Telltale Heart with Bela Lugosi. And like, oh, it was just creepy and uh, unnerving. For some reason, just that animation style was very, very well done with that old school, like back in the, God knows when that thing was recorded, back in the 50s or 60s. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like an old scratchy cassette recording, whatever. <laughs> Vinyl record. Yeah. So, anyway, I love it. I can't yeah. wait to watch it. That's the that's you know that's right up my my oh, alley. Yeah. If you're giving it a four, I, I I'll probably even be higher. Um, I was yeah, I'm very you. curious um, what you're going to think. Very curious. So were there actual? So you said these were narrated. Were there actual uh, characters being voiced by people walking around interacting, or is it just sort of like a storytelling time? It's storytelling time. I don't okay. know if there was any actual dialogue, and there didn't need to be. There totally did not need. Was there? I, I don't think there was. And, but I was thoroughly engrossed in all the stories and the animation style, and um, and and they were they were quick too. So it's it's not like even if there's one that you may not like as much, they move along pretty quick. And it's just cool to see something that's not flashy, high end animation. It's just more. They're almost going for more of an old school very unique artistic type look. This is honestly, this is something that I'm surprised that we didn't get at uh, the art house theater that I work at in Akron. And this, this feels like something that would have probably done pretty good there. Cool. Uh, anything else to add? Nope. Okay. Let's move on and sell each other our movies for the next round. Uh, oh, I'm up. Okay. First up we have Vlast, AKA power. I don't know how to, Blast. Uh, poignant Rush, uh, documentary traces the evolution of Russian political power through the rise and fall of oil executive <laughs> Mikhail Briskovich Kadahkana. <laughs> that guy. Not gonna work here anymore. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there, that seems like a fairly safe doc. Um, next is Jay Edgar. I believe this is Clint Eastwood and Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Your yeah. favorite actor? Yeah. And I, Fully know that this is a long movie, but I thought it was gonna it's gonna be okay to throw on here because DiCaprio is your favorite actor. We got A listers at work here. Um and I'll be honest, if uh it's something you're on the fence about because of the length, I will I was gonna pitch you on this that <clears throat> you only have to watch the same amount of runtime of whatever I pick. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So if if I pick something that's uh, an hour 40, then you have to watch an hour 40 of it. And if you hate it, you can turn it off. No harm, no foul. Move on. Okay. Uh, bec- that, that's because some of these movies that they're too damn long, but it's not, you know, it's one thing if it's DiCaprio and Eastwood versus Bollywood and a fly. Um, <laughs> oh, which we're going to get into that in a little bit, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Lastly, uh, trying to bring this up here. I was just, I went through all the new stuff on Netflix that had popped up and there was not that much. I was looking for horror stuff. I was looking for thriller. I was trying to get something kind of, you know, in your wheelhouse. I always do, but I, I wasn't coming across stuff that was really lighting a fire. I mean, there, yeah. there was a couple of things, but it was like, you know, I gotta be honest. I'm not putting that on my list. Like it's, so I'm mm. not going to throw it at you, but I did come across something 
uh, in the depths of my Netflix queue that I felt was very appropriate for the roulette. That from 1983, Gene Hackman, come on, Robert Stack, Fred Ward. I mean, this is <laughs> this is awesome. Uncommon Valor. In this powerful action pack action packed adventure, uh, Colonel tears his way through Vietnam to find his son, who's been MIA for over a decade. I, an eighties Vietnam thing with these this kind of talent, yeah, that yeah. works for the roulette. Yeah, and I was wondering if I saw that, but uh, I don't. I don't think I have, and I wonder if it was just because I always thought that it might have been more about missing in action, which I can't believe I'm even saying a missing in action ripoff. <laughs> uh, because Chuck Norris movies are rip are ripoffs yeah. of everything. So, but so yeah, I, it's like okay, all right. And you know me in eighties, I I know, uh, <laughs> and it's I I was even I even wondered if it was taken off and then put back on because I was like, oh, I need to bump that up. That looks yeah, yeah that looks good. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. Over to you. Okay, so for me, uh, first off, we have we're twisted fucking sister. <laughs> I, as soon as I saw it hit Netflix, I was like, oh, okay, here yep. we go. <laughs> now, my only, because I, this, regardless if you pick it or not, regardless of anything with roulette, I'm going to watch this eventually. My only eh on this is it's two hours and 14 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so this is a documentary on the rise of the rock group Twisted Sister. And from what I hear, this is actually like their very early years when they were doing the club thing. And this is not when they like actually hit it big. This is like them playing in the clubs and, uh, and all that stuff. So that's kind of cool. Like to see the real beginnings, not like, okay, here's a glam band from the eighties and touring these huge stadiums or whatever they did. I believe it's more of the, the club scene way back in the day. So I think that one might be really interesting because they definitely tried to me being a big uh, hair metal fan like they tried to set themselves apart a little bit back in the day with how they looked like they they looked glam rockish but they almost tried to do a more horror type thing i guess kind of so anyway regardless i think that looks cool uh the only uh, doc or music doc that you're gonna have a hard time getting me to watch is uh a uh, country music yeah that's if it's not that then I I could watch that Twisted Sister. Uh, I'm trying to think of one of their songs now. It's just, We're like, not going to hmm. take it. I want to yeah. rock. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good stuff. And I, I'm not even sure if I, how much they would even cover those songs. Because again, I think it's before they were really recording a bunch of albums. So well, I, that's more appealing to me. Yeah, I know. Me too. Like, I that's like probably just high school kids trying to form a band is probably what that's going to be like. I knowing. That D. Snyder is in it, though. I, I'm not surprised. Two hour fourteen, because that dude likes to talk. Oh yes. <laughs> so anyway, okay. Um, and then I another uh, another documentary that I think sounds so good is Famous Nathan <laughs> about Famous Nathan's hot dogs. Uh, we all know Nathan's hot dogs; they're delicious. Yeah, the doc sounds delicious. That's yes. What I was gonna say. <laughs> Hour and 26 minutes? I can't imagine that's not going to be interesting. So there you go. That's I, I love the screenshot on Netflix where the, it must be him and his wife, and they both yeah, got a dog, bed. open mouth, just <laughs> ready to just cram uh, that uh, slab of meat right down the throat. Yep. Ah. <laughs> Tasty. Uh, okay, and then last but not least is, and this is, and this is, on, I, for the record, this is on my list. So don't think that this is like, oh, you're just putting that on there. Nope, no, nope, this, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. You, 
you overcorrected from last week this week, but I think that the watching that <clears throat> Makahai trailer. Yeah. Oh, 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 I can't wait to talk about that. Um, the do over <laughs> starring Adam Sandler, a bank manager's life is turned upside down when an old friend tricks him into faking his own death and starting over. I, Hey, I know it's Adam Sandler, it's, but it's TV MA and it's, uh, I can't believe I'm even trying to sell you on it. I can't imagine you're going to take it, but it, who knows? It's, I honestly, I'll probably end up watching that at some point. I watched that uh, ridiculous six or whatever it was, so I'll probably watch this too. Did you review that one um, on the show? No. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe put that down for recently watched because I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Okay. Yeah. Because okay, uh, tw- the twisted sister doc uh, tempting, but a little long. And uh, I know, is. I know that you can't resist it, so I'll just wait yeah. because there's something better. Uh, Famous Nathan is the absolute safe pick. And then you threw the curveball of the do-over, which I was intrigued by, and people are talking about, and I didn't watch The Ridiculous Six, and people are talking about these Sandler comedies on there. And because it's a comedy-themed episode, and because of the question I'm going to ask you in Rabbit Trail, I'm going to be taking the do-over. Wow. Nice. I'm impressed. Yeah. I was very surprised. I am, I'm very surprised. I don't <laughs> expect a good review. Because no. we'll get into that in the rabbit trail. No. Uh, but who knows? What if? What if it's? And I'll I'll talk a little bit about. At least it's R rated. Yes, at least it it's it's mature. And if it's going to be that kind of Sandler, he's going back to that. Yeah, I might be in because there's some Sandler comedies that I like, even if they haven't uh, held up. Happy Gilmore, I love. Uh, oh, yeah, it was his best golf. movie. It's golf. I, I love it. It's yeah. fantastic. Um, but even like Billy Madison and some of those other really stupid ass comedies, they're still kind of funny. They have their moments. Yeah, but if you want me to, I can I can delve a little bit more into later on about uh, the uh, ridiculous six. We'll get into that. We'll we'll tear out of our rabbit trail and right down the end of that. Um, okay. What do you want to pick? Um, okay, from from yours, uh, Jay Edgar really is tempting. It really is. But again, that that length. Like, again, uh, you only have to watch whatever the do over, whatever that runtime is. That's what. Yeah. You, that's it. Yeah. The safe bet, and I'm, I, I have to take it because I'm 80s. Uncommon Valor. I've got to take Uncommon Valor. Come on. <laughs> Honestly, I was kind of shocked you didn't say watched it. Like, no. I assumed that that would be something you would maybe have seen yeah. with your dad in the theater. Uh, yeah, and you know what? I mean, I, I don't think I have. I may have seen it on VHS, but I sure don't remember it. So Neither do I. Yeah. So um, that's, that's the one. If for some reason I start and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I do remember this. Then I'm going to fall back to Jay Edgar, but I'm... Right now, Uncommon Valor. Okay. So Good deal on that. So we'll see. Who knows? It might be another double thumbs up. I'll be surprised, but it might be. Yeah, never know. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked this round, but I want to take an action. I wanted to take the roulette. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to the rabbit trail. Uh, it, it, speaking of the do-over and some of the comedies that we're talking about, question was asked on, uh, I'm running like three different friggin' fantasy movie leagues this year, because the popularity of it just grows and grows, but that's a good thing. Uh, yeah. Somebody asked, and you know, it's so interesting looking at it now that we, I, I think this is my fourth or fifth year of playing it, and you learn so many new things every single year. Every year you think you got a handle on it, then this pops up. And then the next year it's, oh, The Help is a huge smash hit. What? Where did that come from? Yep. And then the next year it's Melissa McCarthy and The Heat. And that yeah. blew up big time. And then the next year you're like, okay, I'm going to take Melissa McCarthy movies. And it's like, eh, no, not so much anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, a buddy asked, uh, why is it that 
so many comedies. How do, I forget how he worded it, but it was like, you'd think this would be hot. Like, this should be hot this year. Why is it not hot this year? This was hot last year. And it came around to me that, am I, am I personally too hard on comedies? Because my response to him was, why is it that one shitty slapsticky comedy will bank $100 million while the next one does 30 And I'm talking ones that are very similar. Go look at, and just the first name that popped in my head was Will Ferrell. Why is it that one year he has a movie that does We'll have, do 150, and the next year he has something that looks identical to me, and it will do 28 total. Yeah. Um, and so I, I brought up his box office mojo. Uh, you know, you can click on an actor's name, and it'll bring up all of his movies. And it literally is almost every other year. 150 million, 30. 120 million, 28. 175 million. And it's, it's sort of like, do they get tired of the... And I'm looking at the list of the movies, and it's like... The, 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 like there was a block of five that I was like, the, every one of these is indistinguishable to me. Blades of Glory, hundred and twenty-five million dollars, and then the next year it's uh, semi-pro, twenty-eight million dollars. Yeah, which <laughs> so, I've watched both of them, and they're very similar. <laughs> I haven't seen either of them. I, <laughs> I I do not generally watch comedy in the theater. Um, I have a great respect for comedians and the art of comedy and the process of comedy. And I generally fucking hate comedy uh, <laughs> movies because even when the trailers come on in the theater and people around me are like, ha 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 ha. It, it almost makes me mad because I'm like, why are you laughing at that? That's not funny. Um, I know you're probably going to be reviewing spy this mm -hmm. week. I have not seen Spy. I know it got generally favorable reviews, as I recall. Did, it did great at the box office. Didn't laugh one time during that trailer and have no desire to watch that movie whatsoever. Yeah. Don't get into your review yet, because yeah. I just speculating from the trailer, I looked at it and go, okay, this is going to be probably just slightly too long, hour 40, hour 50. And two hours, gonna, over two hours. Well, yeah. We're going to spend the bulk of the time uh, mocking Melissa McCarthy for not looking super sexy like a movie spy is supposed to look. We're going to mock her size and how she dresses and acts, and uh, that's going to piss me off and not be funny, and I'm not going to like that. And um, there's, there'll be a couple of jokes in there, maybe, and that'll, you know, maybe two times I'll laugh, and at the end I'll be annoyed and uh, that I wasted two hours uh, watching it. And that's just what I take away from the trailer. That's what I see when I, I look at a lot of these movies. I kind of wait for the ones where people are like, no, 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 you need to see that. Or ones that get, that I'm actually interested in the trailer and then they get not good reviews, like Observe and Report. That oh, thing, not great, not, movie, not great yeah. generally great reviews. Certain people did. Um, and then I watch it and I was like, oh, oh my God, this it melted my brain. I love this movie so much. Um, there's other ones that, you know, I'll, I'll also go extremely slapsticky. It's not that I have a thing that I hate. Waiting is a silly ass movie. It's ridiculous, but. And hilarious. I love that movie. Grandma's Boy. Ridiculous. I love it. Um, but for every one of those that comes out, there's literally 20 of these other bullshit movies that people are, oh, I root for Melissa McCarthy. I really do. Especially after I learned that her cousin is. Jenna McCarthy. Jenny, yeah. And she's now more successful than her. I think that's fantastic. I, I root hard for her. I really yeah. want her to succeed. I don't know if I've watched any of her movies because they all look horrible to me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, so my question is, am I just too hard on comedy? 
or is just everybody more forgiving? I don't know. I love stand-up. I love people talking about the art of comedy. It just, I cannot tolerate wading through the garbage trying to find, you know, the good stuff. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I totally echo those sentiments. I think that I might be a, maybe a little bit more forgiving of comedy than well, you, you, but you have I, to be because you actually watch these movies. I don't. Oh, I do. I yes. <laughs> so some of them I'm like, Oh, that was really good. And it was goofy and silly and I liked it. But then there's other ones that I'm like, well, why do people like this? I'm not, I'm not quite getting this. Like what, maybe it's a personality type or it, it also could be pandering to the vast broad audience maybe and just like let's hit all the marks i don't know i mean like for every harold and kumar which i really like the harold Harold and kumar series Mm -hmm. there is a slew of other ones that i'm like there this isn't remotely funny and it's very similar to a harold and kumar movie um or with at least with that type of jokes which spy is a bit like that as far as let's be vulgar and gross here and there. No, don't, and don't, don't get into it yet. Just, yeah. we'll, we'll get there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I think back to uh, Starsky and Hutch, which was one of the... Seriously, I do not watch comedies in the theater. I, even if it's... I mean, it, there's only a couple of groups that I support. Uh, I'll watch anything they do in the theater. And that's like uh, Kevin Smith. Yeah, throw rocks in my head. I get it. Um, uh, Broken Lizard. Yep. Uh, anything they... And that's purely a financial thing. Like, I'm going to be able to say that I funded you because I think you guys are funny, but it was, it was a triple M Margarita movie Monday. Let's go watch Starsky and Hutch. Literally, you know how bad it has to be for that to be the only thing worth watching. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's fine. Whatever. It's harmless. But then I've got, you know, a dozen people behind me. (laughs) Every little thing. And it's like, fuck is wrong with you? Snoop Dogg got out of the car. He didn't even do anything. He just got up and said, what up? Like, yeah. yeah. I got to hear all these annoying ass laughs of people that think breathing is fucking hysterical and comedy gold. And I just, I, I start sweating and I get angry. And I think honestly, it's because I listen to, uh, I listen to like fucking podcasts where people are actual comedians who have done it for, 20 plus years are breaking down what it takes to be funny and be a comic. And, you know, I see the amount of hard work that it takes. Yeah. I, I could never do it. I have no desire to do it. Um, and then, and then all these, these, oh, these, these mouth breathing idiots are, are, are laughing at this shit. And it just, oh, makes my blood boil. And you hit on something with the stamp comedy axes. This doesn't just apply to, to movies, but, for every good stand-up comedy act, there is a dozen that are not funny. And immediately, I'm like, I don't get your shtick. I don't, it's not funny. And it feels like the crowd is being paid to laugh because none of your jokes work uh, at all. Well, in the specials, they're not paid to laugh. They, they, I know, uh, I know. I'm just saying, like, well, how can It's that somebody be- they're already a fan of. So yeah. it's, they're going towards their crowd. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the ratio is that big, though. I, I think that. It's more like one to five. Like, yeah. Maybe not even that much because I watched – damn, dude. I don't know. It's just – I just don't feel like there's that many. Go, go go look how many comedies are coming out this year. And yeah. uh, that coming back to my original uh, – what started this is – it was how do you pick? 
how do, how do you find the one that's going to be the hit this year? And I told him, I don't. I stay the hell away from the genre because every year there's 20, 30, 40, 50, uh, literally, of these freaking movies. And one, two, three, four, maybe, are going to be smash hits. Yeah. And the rest are all garbage. I can't tell the difference between a Will Ferrell Blades of Glory and a Will Ferrell Semi-Pro. Yeah. Or Neighbors 2. Neighbors 2 is bombing. The first one did great. And I, I and I watched the first one, and I'm like, eh, that was adequate entertainment, I guess. Uh, but, but I, why did it? Hey, well, it it got a sequel because it did really good. But I'm like, I, where were the laughs? I mean, it was kind of funny, I guess. I, I don't know. I remember uh, everybody freaking out about uh, Wedding Crashers. Eh, that I, was I, I, I watched the first 20 minutes, and I was like, yeah, okay. They they crash weddings and uh, they bang chicks. I, yeah, I, and <laughs> I, I just was, uh, I mean, it I get gets it. heartfelt in the end though. And, and the, that's a big problem with me too, is when they get syrupy and sappy in the end, I, I start to tune out fast and that movie got syrupy and meh. I, I don't back like to that. the Back to the question then. Are we just too hard on these movies or is it just not for us? It, it's for, I, I think it's for the, crowd that's like uh of theater going people that's like oh what's playing okay that's that's oh you want to watch a movie that's what's playing this weekend oh that's okay that's, that stars that guy or that yeah, girl that we've seen owen wilson oh all right and uh, i just uh, i that's just not where my comedy tastes lie and we always talk about how subjective comedy is but I mean, damn some of the shit these that, that makes me I, I just don't get it i i yeah. watch these trailers and i'm like i Seriously, I, I would rather just just hit me in the face with a brick. I, I don't want to <laughs> forget that. Yep. No. No. I I uh, I get you. I, I trust me. I know. I know what you mean. And I think comedy is a lot like that, to where it's like, like you said, oh, that's playing Ben Stiller's in that. Well, then it must be something, I guess. So that. But it's eh, meh. And I don't want to act like I I'm better than anybody, or I don't like any of these films. I own Dodgeball. Movie's hilarious. That hits yeah. the right tones of slapstick, stupid shit. It's great. Office Space, one of the greatest movies oh, ever great. made. Fantastic. Um, Idiocracy, one of the dumbest fucking movies of all time. And one of the most oh, that was important, a great important films I've seen in the last decade. And that's a messed up thing to say, but that is one of the dumbest movies with one of the strongest points I've ever seen in my life. It's, it's, oh, especially in these times. Holy God. Yeah. No kidding. Whew. Very okay. timely. And that movie was made how many years ago now? And it's, I know. And it <laughs> did nothing. There's another guy that I'll see anything he makes. Yeah. Uh, that was the creator of Beavis and Butthead for fuck's sake. I love yeah. Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> yep. I like the uh, South Mike Park Judge. guys. Mike Judge. King of the Hill. That shit is genius. Absolutely genius. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it, guys, it is, that is interesting. Yeah. You know how how I, comedy is very subjective, and one person might find something really funny. And I, like, I love, love, love Superbad. It is one of my favorite comedies of all time. I, I don't know what it is about that movie that makes me love it so much. I know that you're like, eh, oh, neither yeah. do I. I don't know what makes you love it so much either. But uh, <laughs> I know I, I, but, I didn't hate it though. I wasn't like it wasn't like some of these others where I'm almost offended at how stupid it is. It, I just it's sort of one of those, ah, not really for me kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And okay. speaking of comedy, I, like, I, I watched, uh, the first half of the new Patton Oz, uh, Patton Oswald stand up yeah. comedy act. Uh, 
it is like it, it was literally so funny. I'm like, okay, I have to stop, or I'm like, I I can't quit laughing at a couple of the bits, <laughs> and it could literally it could interfere with the podcast because it was that funny. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, I have a feeling that that people like the general population probably wouldn't like this type of humor because it's he's got a very cynical type about it, like. He's so. a pretty mainstream comic, though, as far really? as comics go. Yeah, he's pretty widely accepted. Which one? I think I already watched the one that you're uh, talking about. I think I reviewed it a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's, and it's, it was just fantastic. I, yeah, it came out like a few days before his freaking wife died, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, brutal. Yeah. But it I, it was a great stand-up. I, I actually was just watching one of the older ones on Netflix from him. Because I, I see his name, it's like, okay, well, I'm, there's zero chance I'll dislike this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, perfect timing. Anything else you want to add for the uh, comedy rabbit trail? If not, we'll move on to recently watched. And actually, I'll just let you kick it off since we're talking comedy right now. We'll get it okay. all out of the way. Okay. So let's just get Spy out of the way first and foremost <laughs> because of the love that so many people have for this movie and the fact that uh, this director is – uh, he has Ghostbusters coming out, which I is I that the am, same director? That's the that's the director. Yep. Was uh, my uh, was my assessment of the trailer in any way accurate? I mean, literally, uh, you would get an A plus on reviewing the trailer. That is the movie, two hours long, is is fat jokes. No, and, hell and, no, and I don't. Get it? I don't get it. I, 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 there was like there was a couple chuckle worthy parts, and um, uh, Jason Statham's in it, and he is easily, easily the best part of the movie, and the funniest part of the movie, which is odd to say, but he is. Rose Byrne is good looking and does the villain role fine, but I'm the whole way through. I'm like, what? What? Okay, it's. There's going to be a big moment in this movie where I'm like, oh, okay, now it's, oh, I get it. No, I'm like, this is just a kind of a cookie cutter comedy James Bond knockoff with lots of swearing. Okay. And that's it. I, I can't imagine you, you would, I don't think you'd hate it, but you'd come close. You'd come close. <laughs> I'm not watching it. I, yeah. I don't have any intention of watching it. I will say yeah. though that, uh, Statham's got comedy chops. Remember where he started his first film? As far as I'm, uh, can Red recall, Snatch, Lock, Stock, Lock, Stock, and Two. Oh yes, which is that would easily make my top ten comedies of all time. I adore that movie. Yeah, yeah, and he was he was genuinely fun in this movie, but I don't get it. And I know that there was a lot of people. In fact, our, our buddy Steve over at Cinema Psychics, I believe that he really likes this movie, and I I I just I'm not quite sure. What I missed, because I'm like, I, the trailer is only two and a half minutes long, and there you go. That's the movie. Save yourself two hours. And I purposely, I purposely did not watch the uh, extended cut because I'm sorry, but comedies that are two hours and 15 minutes long, really? No. James Bond movies are shorter than that. <laughs> His movies go too long. They yeah. always do. That's one of the main problems that they have. I'm just trying to look here. What is his freaking name, man? Paul Feig. There you go. But hey, here's the thing. It was competently made, I guess. Like, it had a big budget, but 
like I I wasn't a big fan of of bridesmaids, and he made bridesmaids. I had never watched The Heat, and especially now after that, I I'll uh, I'll never watch The Heat. I, I seriously, I I have to get a review of of it from somebody I trust at, at, that at least gets my comedy sensibilities, or at least as far as what I like in a comedy film, not necessarily the humor that that kills me the most. I, the, the, honestly, I I like really dark, strange, weird comedy. I I there there is some uh, slapsticky crap that I like and some heartfelt stuff that I like, but it's it's the Fight Club is a freaking hilarious movie that movie yeah. i laugh my ass off every time i watch it choke oh i guess now i'm two for two chuck polinick stories <laughs> uh <laughs> observing a report is actually observe a good and example report. that is a perfect well that's a very chuck polinick type tone oh, uh, cynical dark and i love that movie <laughs> it kind of gets darker and more disturbing every time i watch it but mm-hmm. i love it i love yeah. it uh and i will never forget being like you you need to watch this. Oh yeah, I remember that. And then I watched it I'm like this is so great. <laughs> that's that's so in my wheelhouse. I, I yeah. uh, and but then again, what would I my instant go to top comedies of all time? Number one, Holy Grail. Number two, Spaceballs. The most slapsticky, dumb bullshit ever, but it has a certain way of presenting it that I just it's acceptable I don't know it's it's indefinable I can't explain this shit. it okay. is it really is because like this thing here is extremely vulgar and I like vulgar raunchy comedies but I'm like this honestly this movie felt like it should have been PG-13 like it like all of this swearing that doesn't bother me but all this swearing feels almost out of place in this very very generic cookie cutter type James Bond comedy ripoff. I'm like, Austin Powers is infinitely more funny than I love anything. the Austin Powers series. Yeah. There's another, there's another stupid ass uh, set that yeah. I like, uh, whatever. Maybe it's the writing. I, whatever. I don't know. It's hard to describe. It really is. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else for spy? Nope. That's it. Okay. Uh, last man on the moon. I want to touch on this one real quick. Uh, I wrote a review of it for the Facebook page, uh, but I did want to touch on it real quick and let you know that you need to watch this one. And it's the strongest doc of the year so far. This is a front wow. runner easily for my top 10 of the year. Uh, I loved it. Wow. I adored it. Uh, your wife will like it. It's great. It's fantastic. It's brilliantly constructed in that you feel yourself aging along the way as, you know, they're showing old footage of him. I don't know how they, somehow translated uh, photographs from the 50s into some kind of HD. But they did, and it looks stunning. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. It's on the Facebook page, Korea. The actual review for this round, Taste the Blood of Dracula. Oh, here we go. Yep, we're hammering. I, now, I should preface this by saying uh, we're doing a short recording week, which is to say we recorded, uh, late last week and now we're recording on a Monday. So I didn't have time to get through as many, uh, more of these hammers as I would have liked to. Uh, if we would be recording a normal time, I would have got at least two or three more, three more off the list. So I only gotcha. got that one going. I'm kind of, I've derailed a little bit after Taste of Blood because the next one's on, uh, your voodoo. I got to watch that on the computer or I'm planning okay. to. Uh, so taste the blood of Dracula. Yes. Dracula powder, blood eyes, Dracula faints from too much church stuff or something, and then turns back into Dracula powder. That's the short. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's, that's it. That's that movie. 
Uh, it was okay. They did some great things with some of the effects with the eyes. Uh, I feel so bad for Christopher Lee. It's like, it seems like every next episode, they do something worse with his eyes. Oh, like, I know. Uh, just they cramming. Here, and just and put this fucking tennis ball right in your eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> we paint, it's all right. We painted it red with lead-based paint or some shit. Yeah. It's like, damn. You'll be dude. okay? It'll be okay, maybe. <laughs> Probably, maybe. <laughs> oh, you could even see at some point where it's like his eyelids are protruding because the plastic crap they put in there is so big. Yeah. Um, but it looked badass. Yeah. Uh, it's good. We're He's... getting better. Still... Still not really getting into any R-rated territory, but we're only yeah. one one further down the line. Yeah. Uh, we're good on time, so uh, I'll just... I, I got two more. I'll just uh, okay. kick it back to you. Uh, but I'm enjoying it. I, again, I get, the next one is on uh, Voodoo, so I kind of was like, I need a, a little breather, and I'm reaching the end of the Dracula series, so I yeah. kind of derailed into some other hammer. And, okay. But I will get back. I just, I got to do the Voodoo thing, so that's going to be literally sitting at my computer instead of on something. Yeah. No, I understand. And I, but I did figure out where I watched uh, him come out of the ice. I mentioned that last episode. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't remember where I watched that. Yeah. That was on your Voodoo. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I had started that, but I had never finished it. And for for those of you that are wondering what when we mentioned Voodoo, um, it's not some piracy thing. It's a channel on Roku. It's on uh, it's online at voodoo.com. V u d u dot com. Totally legit site. Uh, you get to put in ultraviolet codes that you that come with your Blu-rays and shit, and uh, then you own a digital copy of of the movie. You can kind of pass your passwords back and forth with your friends if you want to, but it's also, again, from ultra anti-piracy guy over here, completely legit to do that sort of thing. And that's the exact same as if you were handing me your legit Blu-ray copy and yeah. I was watching it that way. It's just when you get – this was another rabbit trail I want to talk about a little bit. It was piracy. When you buy one of those multi-packs and you get the DVD, the Blu-ray, and the ultraviolet code, they are giving you three legal copies of the film. So if you want to take that DVD and go give it to your brother or sister, that's fine. They legally own the film. If you want to take that ultraviolet code and go give it to somebody because you don't do digital streaming, that's a complete legit copy. I get those from people all the time. Yeah. And that's why my voodoo, I have a collection of 120 movies. It's because people give them to me and they're legal copies. There's absolutely no pirating or yeah. It's great. I love Voodoo. Man, I I love that channel. I use it all the time. And um, giving the passwords back and forth, come on. That's exactly the same as if you just give me the Blu-ray. Yeah. It's it's a legit copy that you're letting me borrow. I don't own it. I'm just watching your copy. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, if uh, please go support Voodoo. I I love that uh, website. I love that uh, uh, channel on Roku. It's a fantastic service. It is, especially for, for movies that may not be available on, uh, Netflix or Blu-ray. There are some, like, for example, uh, the black hole. I purchased the black hole for $15, uh, to own it on, uh, on Voodoo because it's in high definition. And that is one of my favorite movies, but it has not gotten a legit Blu-ray release from Disney. And so the only way to watch that in high definition is on Voodoo. And it, it looks incredible and it was worth every dollar that I have spent on it already. Uh, so it, it is a great resource for movies that may not have a legit Blu-ray high definition release. It might be on there. You might have to pay, you know, 15 bucks to own it or you can rent it for three, four bucks, but it's, it's cool. I, and I, and even now with, uh, with more TVs going 4k, 
I believe that like the Roku four and, um, and, and like some of the streaming sites are offering more 4k content. So some of these movies are going to probably start streaming in 4k. So that's really cool. That's wild. Uh, yeah, it's also a good, uh, segue with your, uh, last episode of cinema's soft underbelly. You were talking about, mm-hmm. um, star Wars and yeah. HD transfer there. I believe with any of these digital movies that you own, you can, on Vudu, you can download. So if you would access it on yes. your computer, you can download it, and then you should be able to make a hard copy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I believe so. So even if you do that like with a black hole, you could make yourself a hard copy of it. Yeah. But uh, I'll tell you what, something, black hole... Something to consider in case all of a sudden voodoo goes away and we all lose everything. Yeah, you might want to have that hard copy because we are yeah, physical copy people. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I am total. I am all about physical copy, especially like stuff like Black Hole and even like Dead Birds, uh, which stay tuned for uh, for a very soon to be released review on Movie Freaks of a movie called Dead Birds. Oh, but uh, I I actually have I own the uh, digital rights to Dead Birds HD. Uh, Sony never released that movie. It's one of my favorite horror westerns. It's it's a great movie. Uh, but I purchased that as well, uh, through, I, th- actually, I think that might, that might be through Amazon, because Amazon have, has their own version of Voodoo. Yeah. And so I think I saved a couple dollars buying it through Amazon and owning it on their, their little cloud versus, uh, Voodoo. But it's all the same thing. Yeah, there's a bunch of different ones that, that offer yeah. these sites. I just do my best to, uh, collate them all through Voodoo. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And then, you know, that's a whole other story is of how you, yeah, how it all gets funneled into it's one so site. Weird. It's so it weird. Is. And it can be kind of a pain in the ass because you got 15 passwords from uh, Warner Brothers mm. and Disney.com and Fox all these other things. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, okay. Uh, but, anyway, that Taste the Blood of Dracula. Yay. Now, uh, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, back to you. Okay. Uh, let's see. You know what? Let's get this uh, taken care of right now. X-Men Apocalypse. So let's talk about a new movie here real quick. Cool. This is the new... One from Brian Singer. The only time that worked for me was 3D, which is fine because the movie is pretty much all CGI. Everything about the movie is CGI. So it looked good. Uh, you don't have to see it in 3D. I'm, I'll tell you what, anymore, I am really burned out of 3D. I, I actively avoid them. Isn't it crazy? Like, I, I'm nope, like, oh, not really. <laughs> ah. Like, I used to seek out the 3D, and I still will from time to time, but... I'll tell you any more. It's like, oh, that's an extra, and now it's twenty five dollars for two people instead of twenty. Or it's like, ah, and we, we're in a cheap zone. Go to New York or something yeah. like that. Oh, anyway, yeah, I, it has to be something special. If it's a James Cameron joint or a Ridley Scott thing, yeah, I'm in because those they made two of the best three D films that I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, I was even dis- disappointed that I had to watch The Force Awakens for my first viewing in 3D. But I'm like, I want to watch it on the XD screen. I want to sh- watch this in the biggest screen possible. Shit. The only version I can watch is 3D. And admittedly, it was quite good in 3D. But I own the Blu-ray in 2D, and I can't imagine that I will watch that in 3D again. I No, I want to watch it in in the version that I have. I so, didn't have an know. option on, on force awakens. It was a time issue as often. It is the best times yeah. where it's like, Oh, I'm going to go to dinner at, you know, five, six o'clock. And then it's time for movie. Oh, oh what, shocking. The six thirty and the seven thirty shows are three D and three D. Yep. The bullshit. Oh, 10 PM. That's two D. And, uh, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. Anyway. 
So it, it became a, th- a 3D only option. I was desperate to see it. I said, screw it. Let's go see it. I was in Worcester in nearly the back row and the 3D was great. I, not yeah. great. It was totally fine. I didn't yeah. have a problem with it. The space stuff looked great. That was cool. I've since watched it at least a time or two uh, on Voodoo. Thank you, Dave, for passing those yeah. all along to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's I do yeah. really miss stuff like Prometheus. That 3D was astounding. And I, yes, I made a point a- to watch that one at least three times in the theater in 3D. Yeah, that was a great anyway. A great X Men Apocalypse. Sorry. Yeah, X Men. So uh, after I liked the movie, but at, this is coming off of First Class, which was admittedly upon review, uh, repeat viewings is not quite as good. It's still a good movie, especially Days of Future Past, which is a high point in the series for me. At least it, it comes close to tying Part Two, if not equaling Part Two. This is certainly a step down. And th- now we get into the whole is there superhero fatigue because honestly, it's like, ah, it's more of the same. It's, uh, the world is blowing up again and the bad guy is indestructible again. Is it but, superhero fatigue or X-Men fatigue? Oh boy. I, my wife said it best. She was like, you know, she, she loves the X-Men series, especially the ones with uh, Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman, like the, the first several. Uh, but she's like, I have to relearn all these new characters and it feels like it's to keep the series going. They couldn't keep getting these actors. So we have to get all new actors. Well, nah, yeah, they're getting old. That's why. Yeah. Um, um, but my issues with the, with the X-Men series for me, they've all kind of been about the same level with a couple of lows and a couple of highs lows being X-Men three highs being days of future past. Uh, but they still all are kind of like, eh, it's X, it's uh, Wolverine and his friends. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. Especially if yeah. you go look at the animated series from the nineties or read the books, Cyclops is the leader. Cyclops should be the focus. And Wolverine is just supposed to be this five foot three little asshole. That's, that's chubby. He, he's not, uh, six, two, Hugh Jackman leading the X-Men. And I'm a good guy. That's not the way Wolverine is in the books or the or anything. He's always a prick. He's always saying shitty things to his friends. And they, they've turned it... Obviously, you know, he's a fan favorite. And so they Hollywood runs with that. It's like, oh, everybody wants more Wolverine. Now Wolverine's the leader of the X-Men. And he's friendly and he has feelings and he loves. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that's not yeah. quite right. Um after many, many rewatches, I always felt like X2 was the best one as well. But I came around really hard on X1. I really feel like X-Men, the first X-Men film, is the best of the series. And that's a controversial statement in the same way that the first Star Trek is the best one. But it oh, really is. Hey. It's, it's. I mean, Wolverine is a strong character in that one, but he's not the leader of the group. And that's the only one where that's true, and that's... It's still my favorite. Yeah. The, the first X Men movie is the is the best one, and X Two yeah, has a lot of great moments. And yeah. X Three has grown on me over the years. It's okay ish, yeah. but all of them still have never gotten like great. They're all yeah. kind of halfway yeah. good. Yeah, and and this one here is Mystique and her friends, and I'm like, I I get it. Jennifer Lawrence is a big star now, but. She sleepwalks through the movie. Okay. And it's been well documented that she seems like she's 
not enjoying herself. It does show on screen, uh, but it, it it's like, okay, now another scene with her. Okay, now back to big special effects. But after a while, to me, Michael Fassbender carries the movie. Whenever he's on screen, I'm like, okay, now I'm back in. Uh, James McAvoy is good in it as well, but he gets some pretty clunky dialogue. But Michael Fassbender, he's just such a great actor that even in a good movie, he can elevate it, and he does. Jennifer Lawrence, and whatever. Nah. I'm so tired um, of Mystique. I, even in the first couple movies, I'm like, why are they focusing so much on her? Like, I, I, she, I, she, make she, it blue check. That's she, why. Shapeshifter, I, I get it, but it's like, meh. Nah. Yeah. Nah, whatever. It's all right. You know, what do I always tell you with these superhero uh bullshit they they have to try first with their first set of people and then they move on and they get better and they see what works and what doesn't and that's true of batman spider-man mm-hmm. you know change it up and with wolverine doing his final outing right now hugh jackman everybody's like oh my god who could possibly replace him lots of people he was lots he was yeah. an unknown musical uh theater guy who got the role in uh, what 2000 yeah uh, he can be replaced. It, it'll be okay. Don't worry. Yeah. Same with yeah, look at James Bond. Same with yeah. Robert Downey Jr. No one could ever be Iron Man. No, lots of people could be Iron Man. It's yeah. you just shave your beard a little funny and act like a prick. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, and uh, I like I said, James Bond. Like what? No, it has to be Daniel Craig for the next. <laughs> no bullshit. It, it, like bring on a new one. Did I'm you, ready. Did you hear what they offered him? Was it like $60 million? No, it was $100 million for two more films, and he gets to be executive producer on them. And he said no. Good. Yeah, Seriously, me that too. means he doesn't want to do it. Just move on. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Be done. I I, yeah. I wrote that in my review of the last uh, Spectre rewatch. I'm fine with uh, being done with him. He This is a good little wrap-up. I'm ready to move on. And supposedly... Yep, uh, Tom Hiddleston is the front runner and probably going to take over. I think that he would be great. I think that's a perfect choice. Yep, me too. And then, and, and he is different enough. He looks different enough. Uh, I think that he has his mannerisms would be different enough to reinvent Bond again and have a new flavor of Bond. I, I, I agree. It brings uh, more playfulness back to it. I don't want to say humor, just playfulness. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> as 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 far as um. X-Men. Uh, <laughs> X-Men yeah, Apocalypse to Bond and went back again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 um, yeah. What about uh, Sa- Sansa Stark? How'd she do? Uh, oh, really? Um, you know, she was, uh, okay, I have to be careful because I don't want to spoil the movie. It just came out. Um, the first, oh boy, how do I, how do I say this without spoiling too much? I'm not sure what you know about I what happens. I have not held off on spoilers, so I know. I know. Okay. She comes around. Let's just say that. She comes around, but she literally is playing Sansa Stark through most of the movie. Where I'm like, oh, come on. Ugh. Yeah, it's like, do something more interesting. I'm like, where's where's the old Raven? That Are they the old... Uh, Jean uh, Grey. Jean Grey, yeah. Uh, but then things come around and it almost, it almost felt like, uh, Brian Singer was like, and here's my apology for not directing part three. That's what I've heard. I've heard. Yep, the exact it's, oh yeah. It's, it's <laughs> what you've heard is right. I'm like, yeah, that's a, 
hey, we're making all things right. Yeah, they, they started so started that with Days of Future Past, and then uh, with this one, yeah. from what I've uh, heard, I'll be vague, but a little apology about the ending of X2, and it's sort of like, yeah, even even the first time seeing that in the theater, that bothered me. It's sort of like, why did she have to be out there? You could just be in there and be yeah. okay, but uh, anyway. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's my review. Uh, back to you. I don't want to take up more okay. time on X Men, but it, it definitely a step down from from not only Days of Future Past, but I think also uh, First Class. And I know that you had issue with with First Class. I don't think this is quite as good as First Class either, unfortunately. But it's it's still easily watchable. You'll you'll like it, but it just. Eh. I I really liked First Class the first time I watched it, and then the second time it was like. And then the third time, I was like, wow, we're just really stepping down each time. Uh, so that that's okay. I mean, Apocalypse looks to me like a hardcore CGI fest from beginning to end. It's just like shit flying everywhere, and it's like, man, reel it in a bit. But yeah. uh, whatever, it's all right. I, I will take X-Men movies over not X-Men movies, even if they're yeah. subpar. Uh, okay, yeah. next for me. I had to take a little derail from the Hammer Dracula because, uh, yeah, like I said, next one's on Voodoo. So I went to Evil of Frankenstein, which was number one on your Hammer, not Dracula list of the 11 teen million movies you gave me. Um, and <laughs> for the first half, I was like, okay, we're, we're, it's kind of, we're doing this. I got it. it all right. And then the second half, it started picking up. I'm like, that's interesting. Frozen and Ice. That's kind of cool. And then the third act, it, it was kind of surprising. They really saved, I really felt like they saved all of their budget for the third act. And all of a sudden it got heavier in special effects. It got heavier in pyrotechnics. It got heavier in, in everything and emotion. And it, and it really yeah. paid off in that third act for me. Um, I was a little bummed that it ended the way all Frankenstein movies must end with castles on fire and everybody dying. But <laughs> This, this is the way of things, and you know what? This was uh, 70s, 60s, 70s, I, I don't know, early 80s could be. I, it's hard to tell with Hammer <laughs> because they're using the same damn sets. <laughs> yep, that's that's the Hammer that I know and love. Uh, but it was it was entertaining. I, I One thought did come to me, though, with uh, while I was thinking of Alec Guinness and uh, what's his name here from uh, Frankenstein. Well, what the hell was his name? He was also in A New Hope. Grand Moff Tarkin. Peter Cushing? Yeah. They both, as I recall, were both kind of like, oh, kind of semi-embarrassed about Star Wars, or it's like beneath me, or we're acting like oh, we're grand and prestigious up on our white ivory towers uh, of English acting. And it's like, hmm, y'all done some shit. But let's just put it that way. Y'all done some shit. Let's see. You're doing a lot of Hammer stuff? That's the equivalent of being in like 15 Corman films over here. Uh, that's great that you're well known and well respected actors uh, on the stage and all that. But when you do that many kind of like B, C, D list movies, over you do, you don't get to act huffy and puffy about fucking Star Wars. But that's just me. What do I know? Yeah, that Evil of Frankenstein, a solid gotcha. Frankenstein film that that functions perfectly as a kind of uh, half reboot of the original Frankenstein story and yet a side sequel to it with, yeah, uh, which I really enjoyed that aspect. Anyway, back, gotcha. back to you. Cool. 
So anyway, Evil of Frankenstein, I give a thumbs up to. Uh, fully enjoyed. Looking forward to some of the other ones on uh, the not Dracula list because I'm still waiting for those to get R-rated. Uh, back to you. Last round. <laughs> okay. Do do a double if you want because uh, okay. I only have one more and it won't take okay. too much time. You know, um, okay. Do do I talk about Star Wars or not? Or you did it on your show. No. You can pimp it. Okay. About about your show and then move on. Okay. Um, so I'm going to talk about. You know what? I want to talk about this movie briefly because I have not seen this since you and I watched it at the Dollar Theater shortly after I moved back from Florida, and that is Insidious Part Two. Uh, did probably I, did if, I watch that with you in the theater? Actually, that was the that was the first movie that you and I watched when I moved back to uh, Canton. Hmm. It was playing at the Dollar Theater, and it was we had to complain to the uh, manager about obnoxious people behind us. It was not loud enough. Um, and so, so that experience there, I haven't watched it since then, but that, that whole experience, I remember enjoying the movie, but thinking I was distracted the whole way through and it wasn't near loud enough. So I finally, I'm like, you know what? I, and I, and because of that, I got the boy for, I mean, a couple bucks. So I've been holding off on watching it because I'm like, ah, I remember the shitty experience I had in the theater. So I finally rewatched it. And I gotta say, uh, that is a really good sequel. Knowing what you're getting into going into it, uh, it's not as scary. And that's what's cool about it is, is that's okay. It doesn't need to be as scary. I really like the direction they took the movie, which is, uh, they took the whole ghost possession type stuff of part one and they made it more of a, uh, almost an afterlife time travel type thing. It's so hard to describe that film. It, I know, it really it, is. But I really time dug travel it. stuff, and it's 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 a uh, Back to the Future two, going back on the original and and intermixing with that. It's it's very strange. In a yeah. in a good way, I think. Good ideas, but I didn't think it was uh, nearly as scary as the original. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It, and and watching it again, it was a bit more uh, creepy. Because uh, the volume was cranked up a little bit more, and I was by myself, but it's still, it was more on the whole afterlife type thing, and they actually expounded a little bit on the ghost that we see in the first one, uh, and I liked that. I liked that they tried to make it, that James Wan tried to make it a little bit different. Um, it works. In fact, I watched part three as well, and I remember almost nothing about part three other than I was like, this is, this feels like a generic knockoff of Insidious one and two combined, but it holds up really well. And I'm, I gotta say, I really enjoyed Insidious two. It's one of the better horror sequels that, that does a good job at what it does. So I think I, and I think it does get a bad rap. I do think that, no, it's not near as good as the first one. Well, it's not as scary as the first one, but as far as an actual story, there's a good story in there, and I like that. So. I agree. I, I don't think it was as scary, but I thought it was a uh, competently made film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. James Wan's a good director. I got. I mean, I don't know if there's one single movie from him that I outright dislike. I mean, how about you? Like, we've all seen Saw. I'm trying to think of... Saw I liked. I didn't like any of the Death sequels. Sentence. Death Sentence I own and really like. I think that's very yeah. underrated. And James Wan, I believe he only directed Saw Part 1. Uh, yeah. I, I think that was... So it was Saw, Death Sentence, uh, that uh, the puppet movie, which I really liked, that Dead Silence. Yeah, that was good too. I th is he directing... Did he direct The Fast and Furious or is he doing the next one? He directed the latest one, which I honestly... I, I gotta say I haven't seen because <laughs> meh. I'm so tired of that series that I'm like, meh. 
I'm surprised by that because it's fun. It's it's. I mean, I've got it on. I've got the voodoo code. I mean, maybe you gave me the code. I, I got the voodoo I code somehow, and I'm like, ah. it's okay. It's fine. It's entertaining, ah, but I don't. You know, I'm not hurting myself to what. It's it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but he's. I was more excited about him directing uh, Aquaman than anything. So I'm like, yes. yeah, perfect, good. He can bring some playfulness to that idea. Yeah. He's a good director. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, okay. You want me to review another one, or... 1127, Pumpkinhead, up to you. What do you want to do? Because uh, I have one more I'm going to touch on. Um, no, you know what? I'm, I'm good. I'm going to... When we wrap things up, I'll, I'll hint at a couple other things that I'll review next time, and then my own show, like what sure. I review and all that good stuff. Okay. Uh, lastly for me is Justice League Doom. This is an animated film I've reviewed before on the show, and I'm not going to go too crazy with uh, t- this evening. <clears throat> a Vandal Savage steals confidential files Batman has compiled on the members of the Justice League and learns all of their weaknesses. Now, Batman has become uh, the supplier of uh, what can kill the Justice League. That is the first act of this movie mm-hmm. and it i don't want to say much more about it you i you know i i said i wanted to watch more hammer horror and because you talk about it all the damn time and i you know i'm open to watching these things i will dedicate some time to watching these things you gave me 14 movies <laughs> yes i did you're gonna watch this movie Oh, okay. You're going to watch Justice League Doom. I need to take a little bit of a breather and get something a little more lighter in there. And I, I, I was like, I want to watch one of these uh, DC animated films again. So, you know, I haven't watched this one in a while. Check it out again. This shit kicks so much ass. I love this thing. And and it's... Forget about Dark Knight Returns. That's uh, I use that to get you into the animation. You got to yeah. let it go. You you As we say here in the Cleveland area, you're owed the Magnum first. Which yeah. is a reference to Cedar Point. You, you rode the best roller coaster first. Everything else is going to seem like peanuts. Uh, so just forget about that. Um, it's not as good as that. It's it's not violent uh, that as violent or uh, or as hardcore or R-rated or anything. It, but it's a fantastic, fantastic story. It's presented beautifully. There are so. In the same way that your Hammer movies are so many touches and so many references to other old school horror things, they reference old school comic book things, like going back to Superman and his friends, the 70s animated TV bullshit. Uh, you know, the, the very poppy kind of stuff they reference in this movie very directly in your face, and it still is cool and it works. It's a fantastic movie. I, I love it for a comic book dork thing. So in, okay. in, in response to me watching these 14 Hammer movies, <laughs> I would appreciate it if you would sign into my voodoo and, and give Justice League Doom a chance. When you have it, when you have time, I'm not okay. saying you got to do it by next episode. I'm, I'm not piling it on a roulette this week or some crap like that. If, within the month of June. That okay. I, I is it is it something that is it's not on Amazon or Netflix like it, like uh, it might be I don't know I I just okay. I just snapped to Voodoo because I had it okay uh, I know it was on Netflix for a while I I and I don't have Amazon Prime so I don't know yeah okay. I said I get Amazon Prime as soon as I run out of shit to watch on Netflix <laughs> doesn't seem like we're in mm. any danger of that happening anytime soon yeah uh, <laughs> it's not on Netflix I'm looking here I see Justice League War. 
That's and, oh, he would uh, love that movie. But that's not Flashpoint the, Paradox. That's a good one too, but that's not mm. the one I'm I'm not pushing it on you. <laughs> Justice okay. League Doom though. Oh that's okay. it was great. Hey, I'm gonna sit at my computer and I'm gonna watch uh, Scars of Dracula or whatever the hell on your voodoo. So you can sit at your computer and watch Justice League Doom with your headphones and crank it up and and we can both sit here and go, This is this is your shit. This is and I am watching it. <laughs> um and again, Dude. no rush. We got, we got time. Other things, it's time for coming soon because we got to wrap okay. this up. Um, yeah, coming soon. Uh, that gal that was in that thing is the sequel to that guy that was in that thing. A documentary about character actors that I reviewed. They did a oh yeah, they did a man version. They did a woman version, and I'm halfway through it. I was hoping to have it wrapped up for this episode, but I didn't get all the way through it. So far, it's been very enlightening, very interesting to watch what uh, female character actors have to go through. Um, what else? Am I coming soon? Extraordinary Tales. I will be watching that very soon, especially after your review. Uh, shitload of fucking horror movies I'll be watching. <laughs> and um, it's June. We have to do another film commentary track. Yes, we do. So, uh, oh, you and I will be do, doing some discussing behind the scenes. I keep forgetting to uh, remind you about that, but uh, yeah, it's time again. We said every quarter, and well, yeah, it's a and, and yeah, well, there, there's I have a couple ideas already uh, about not just the movie, but just some behind the scenes stuff. Okay, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do something that's coming in June. Sometime in June, we okay. have to get that done because we got to stay on track. Uh, okay. Coming soon for you. Well, first off. Uh, there's something else coming soon from, uh, from co-host Eric Marner. That is the Blu-ray of The Witch. Oh, shit, yeah! Well, do you have it? That I do now own. You have it? Oh. <laughs> I do. Uh, so, anyway, Hell just yes. letting you know about that. Uh, that wait. you're gonna be, now, but I have some strict rules with that movie, just like we had rules with Cabin Fever and, uh, Vanilla Sky. That can't be watched while there's kids tearing around. That has to be watched in the dark no, no. with some volume. That's fine. That's totally okay. fine. <laughs> so anyway, because thus far, best movie of the year for me is the. Was Witch. that a 2016 release? It. I think it was. It was made in 2015, but it was released in 2016. So I count that as a 2016. Uh, it doesn't release. matter when it's made. When it's released is what it counts. Yeah. So released in 2016. Okay. Uh, um. So. Uh, also. Uh. For a full in-depth review of Star Wars A New Hope, the original theatrical version, tune in to Cinema Soft Underbelly, my own show. Upgraded to HD. Yes, up, upgraded to HD, and I get into that a lot more. I wanted to talk about it tonight, but I spend a good 25 minutes on it on my own show, so tune in over there. But as far as uh, other coming soon, as far as reviews go... um, I got my stack downstairs, and I know that Conan the Barbarian is on that stack. Um, I we've never have we really delved into Conan the Barbarian. We could almost do a commentary track on that shit. I, I love oh, that movie so much. It's a ten. Me, for me. too. 10. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. So, and I have that pulled out on on my stack. There's a couple other ones that I have not seen, and I ah uh, damn it, what are they? Um, thank you, Eugene. Uh, Paprika. Yeah. I'm going to be watching Paprika soon, I think. Uh, another animated film. Um, uh, I got Ghost in the Shit. Shell Blu-ray. should be here on Wednesday. 
Oh yes, that's right. Yep. Uh, yep. The no, that's the original unaltered version. The unaltered right? version, not the two point over. It's the twenty fifth anniversary. Uh, supposedly, I can't get. It, it's so hard to get a clear definition from some of these people online. You know, every it seems like every time I uh, talk to somebody that has the answers, they're like, "Ah, oh, it sucks." And I'm like, "Why?" And they're like, "It's not the two point version with the special CGI." And I'm like, "Good." Yeah. And they're like, "No." Uh, so it doesn't maybe doesn't have the seven point one uh upgraded score. It's probably got the five one DTS super. You can barely tell the difference on my super system. Yeah, you know, but I I care more about the visuals on that in that respect. Gotcha. Um, you, one thing I wanted to chime in on once this this uh, podcast is posted. The actual written review of Dead Birds will be up on Movie Freak's Facebook page. I do want to talk about that movie a little bit on our show because I just recently rewatched the HD version of that. And I, I hesitated, like, I, I didn't talk about it tonight, the actual review, because that's I, I would, coming I out. I would like to re- rewatch that one. Yeah. And I want to talk about it a little bit more. And uh, I think that we would possibly segue into some other stuff uh revolving around that type of that particular genre so that's going to be coming up on the uh, next episode okay uh is that it that is it okay as always you can get a hold of uh, movie freaks pod is your keyword you can get a hold of us at yahoo.com for email facebook.com is our general uh site on online and at movie freaks pod on the Twitter, of which I'm doing my best to try and update more often and uh, keep more tabs on. But if you get a hold of us at any of these sites, we will be in contact back with you as soon as humanly possible, which is actually pretty quick. I, I stay up on the ship. Um, yeah. That's going to do it for this episode. I am Eric Marker. And I'm Julio. I'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening.